this is Stacey Hillier and you are listening to the Prophetic Collective Podcast. Well, welcome back everybody to season three of the Prophetic Collective Podcast. I'm so excited about the two episodes we've had so far where we have been discussing Prophet Jeremiah Johnson's prophetic word over 2023, isn't it epic, titled The Clash at the Gates. Now today, I have two absolute weapon women with me that I'm actually so privileged to do life with. And one of those is the beautiful Layla Nahavandi. You do just feel good saying your name. (laughs) And the other is Cherie Rice. Let's start with Layla. Layla is a sought-after itinerant minister based at Numa Church in Melbourne, so thrilled we can say that, who's also the host of a popular podcast called The Eagle and Child Podcast, which we'll chuck a link to that in the notes today. Layla is also a very key voice at Theos U in the United States and is one of the most intelligent and sweet-spirited people I have the privilege of knowing. Welcome to the podcast, Layla. Thank you so much, Stacey. It's such an honour to be here and thank you for your kind words. So lovely. All true and easy to say. Oh, thank you. And our other guest today, our other weapon, is Cherie Rice. Cherie is one of my best girls who I get to do life with on our five-fold executive here at Newman Church. Cherie is our resident evangelist, but not just resident. She's an evangelist to our nation, the nations of the world. She is also an itinerant minister, an author and founder of Sharing Jesus Confidently, who also has her own podcast, which again, we'll link all of this in the show notes today, which is being spread far and wide across the body of Christ. We're so proud of her. I am surrounded by absolute champions. Welcome, Cherie. Oh, thank you so much, Stace. Again, kind words. Incredible. All true. We are running with brilliant, brilliant women. So when it came to this section of the prophetic word about apostolic women, I was spoiled for choice because in our church, we have the privilege of having a senior leader who is so embracing and releasing of women. But I couldn't think of two better women to represent this topic than Layla and Cherie because they're inspiring to me in terms of their apostolic grace and what they're doing across the earth. So before we start to dissect and discuss the section of Jeremiah's prophetic word, it's quite confusing when I'm saying Jeremiah's prophetic word, not Bible Jeremiah, (laughs) Jeremiah Johnson, let's just be clear, before people are like sending me emails like, dude, it's not Bible. It's okay, everyone, just relax. I first want to ask each of you a question. Maybe we'll start with you, Layla. What does an apostolic woman look like to you? Oh, that's such a great question. I think that I would dissect it between a macro level and a micro level. So macro Mm -hmm. level being the global church, I think it looks like someone who is advancing the church, someone Mm -hmm. who is concerned for the greater body of, of Christ, someone who's a leader of leaders, whose authority and grace is recognised amongst that broader church, um, mm-hmm. not just in their local church context. I think at a at a micro level in your local church, I think what mm-hmm. that looks like is a spiritual mother figure. So I think mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily come with age. It doesn't mean that you have to be, yeah. you know, older. It can be a grace that young people have as well. Yes. But I think it's a grace to really raise and release people in their callings and giftings. And, and you just have a heart to just see people empowered, equipped, just, you know, 
able to do what God's called them to do. So you just do whatever you can to help that happen. So I think, yeah, that's the micro level. The macro level is you're advancing the kingdom. You've got this authority. You're a leader of leaders. That's a beautiful way to put it. Beautiful way to put it. And you do that so well. Cherie, how would you answer that? What does an apostolic woman look like to you? Yeah, I think if I'm looking at it just from from that perspective, Layla's covered the other, but a woman on a mission, filled and empowered by the Spirit, carrying the truth of the Word into new territories and new spaces and places and raising and releasing the next generation Mm -hmm. of sons and daughters. And Layla spoke to it before as, as a spiritual mother figure and, you know, spiritual mother figures lead and teach they create cultures, they're evangelistic in their heart and wanting to open doors and pushing people into new territories and mm-hmm. to to war and to, to govern, you know, yes. to, to declare war on spaces but also to govern in spaces. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Just to help our listeners, we're going to give some basic definitions because sometimes we talk about words like everyone knows what they mean but I want to bring everyone onto the same page because the word apostle literally means sent one. It comes from the original word apostolos. And it's someone or something sent on behalf of another. And in the New Testament, it refers to a person sent out as an authorized agent, either of Jesus or in the early missionary work of a distinguished congregation or on behalf of a church. And the terms apostle and disciple, it's important we understand they don't have the same meaning in the New Testament. Because while disciples in the gospel are all those who are called into discipleship by Jesus to follow Jesus, Only a few of them were sent out by him as apostles. So we're speaking here of a woman or a man who is sent to a place or a region or a metron is a popular prophetic word as an authorized agent of Jesus or a church. And each of us on the podcast here today, we are privileged to be sent out to represent God and to represent communities and to represent God's word. So I want you to talk, let's get this over and done with up the front part of the podcast. Do you still face issues with being a woman in ministry? Sheree, do you want to maybe start with that one? Yeah, really interesting. I would say personally, not recently. Mm -hmm. Previously, yes. But more so now, I think there are other women who have gone before us that were apostolic in nature, that pushed into new territories, that led in places that were not... Mm -hmm available for us to lead generations mm-hmm. and even d- decades ago whereas mm-hmm. I feel like now I've been in ministry for two decades I feel like I've stepped into a space where there is such a releasing mm-hmm. now having said that for you know I have experience of being confronted by different people telling me I needed a husband to do what I do or you know I, I needed uh, I needed to see, even sit under a male if I was going to lead in a space sounds uncomfortable yeah. <laughs> Pretty hard to preach while you're sitting under a male. <laughs> okay, do we have any ideas where this theological belief's coming from? I can't think of the scripture and verse right now of a woman can speak if she sits under a man. Layla, what do you think? Yeah, exactly. What the heck? <laughs> I've never heard that one. No biblical examples of that. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like the message translation. <laughs> Yeah, I said scripture and verse it for me. Interesting, yeah. couldn't find it. Yeah. Couldn't come back either. Yeah. 
Yeah. And often it's not necessarily what we've been taught in the Bible. It's Mm. sometimes church culture. And we don't want to dishonor anybody on the podcast today who's aligning with a certain truth that they feel like that's what they've been taught. But I would encourage people today to go back to the word of God Mm. and to see Mm. what the word of God says. And I heard Dr. Mike actually talking about the passage that people often refer to in Corinthians for a woman should not teach in church. And obviously that was addressing a very specific issue in the culture of the time. But what he was essentially saying was, if you're not gifted to teach, don't teach. Mm. The big idea of that passage is not male and female. The big idea was gifting and grace. Mm. And I may get Dr. Mike to come on here one day and unpack that because I think that actually it holds more weight sometimes when that passage is unpacked by a male or a father figure within the body of Christ. Mm. Layla, what about you? Have you faced any opposition to being a woman in ministry? Oh, wow. Well, I think my trajectory has probably been the opposite to Cherie. So I've been in ministry now for 15 years. Yeah, I'm 33, turning 34 this year, and mm-hmm. grew up in a very empowering space for women in mm-hmm. ministry. So I was a leader in my kids' church. I was preaching at my youth at like 14. My senior mm-hmm. pastors were like, yeah, you'll run the church one day, you know, so very, very yep. empowering surroundings that I had and environments. Mm-hmm. And then I would go to conferences and see women preaching at them. I would see, mm-hmm. you know, the Hillsong model of, you know, men and women both in ministry together. And so grown up in a Australia in this very releasing environment. It wasn't until probably maybe two or three years ago when I started to really expand um, globally my ministry and my ministry Mm -hmm. started to go into America where I actually Mm -hmm. started to come up against just Mm -hmm. intense controversy over women in ministry. And I had never encountered that before. It was never an issue. I'd never even thought about it before. And all of a sudden I'm on the defensive. People are interrogating me. You know, I'm, you know, poster girl for like women ministry and all all this sort of stuff and um, I was sort of just chucked in the deep end I was like wow I've never been the person to talk Mm. about this I've never Mm -hmm. been you know the spokesperson for women in ministry but now I have to because you know people Mm. are like why are you doing this you're evil and so yes I've started to sort of venture into those spaces where there is a demand placed on me to actually Mm -hmm. really you know defend why I am a woman in ministry and why that's okay. So yeah, it's only been over the last three or four years and for me just specifically in America. I think it's so interesting actually that all three of us have grown up in families where there was no restrictions Mm. placed on women in ministry. I've got three sisters and my father was a, a Baptist pastor and he had no issues with women prophesying, preaching, doing all the things. So I was raised in a home where it was completely normal. When I first faced it in the church, it was a shock to me, Mm. especially because I came out of the Baptist movement into Pentecostal and I did Mm. not face it until I came into the Pentecostal church. And I was like, I didn't know that this was still a thing. Yeah. But I think it's, it's important actually for us to recognize, even for parents who are listening today, the fact that each of us in our very formative years had no limits placed on us And how that has been a very important foundation for us to stand up and hold the line when we have faced some opposition later in life. That's great. 
So we're going to take a listen now to a small section from Jeremiah Johnson's prophetic word, The Clash at the Gates. I do want to state that this prophecy is being used with the express written permission of the Alter Global, and I really am so grateful to them for that permission. What you're about to hear are the words of this prophecy, but not the voice of Jeremiah. So let's take a listen to that. Apostolic Women I saw a company of fiery apostolic women carrying blueprints for cities and regions. These daughters have walked through great anguish and many battles with the spirit of religion which has sought to keep their mouths shut. The power of witchcraft attacks that has brought physical assault will be broken off many apostolic women in 2023. Where there has been confusion and a spinning of the wheel in former years, you will now gain great traction and clarity in 2023. There is also going to be many divine alignments in 2023 where apostolic women not only birth spiritual children, but they will also be deeply loved and championed by secure male leadership in regions and territories. So, Layla, I might start with you. Jeremiah uses this phrase, the spirit of religion which has sought to keep their mouths shut. And he's speaking of apostolic women here. Can you share with us a little of the history of the church and maybe even an example of when the voice of women has been shut down or silenced and why? Okay, so in terms of the history of the church, we see all the way throughout the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, there's these Mm -hmm. strong women who God anoints and graces to be sort of leader of leaders out the forefront. We have people like Miriam and Huldah. Mm -hmm. We have the daughters of Philip who are the prophets in the New Testament. We have Anna. We have Deborah. We have Phoebe. We have Junia. Mm -hmm. We have all the Lydia. We have all of these women, both Old Testament and New Testament, who are really occupied Occupying that space that we're sort of talking about today. Yes. Ben Witherington III, who is a very well-respected New Testament scholar, has actually produced a book about the earliest history of the church and women in the early history of the church at the right. inception of the church. So the first sort of 300 years of the church, what their roles looked like, what they were doing, how they were leading churches and how they functioned in that space. Mm-hmm. So I think if you want to do a deep dive into that, definitely check out his material on that. It's really powerful. Right. We might link that in the show notes too, Layla. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I can give you the title and stuff later. So right. so we have that picture of New Testament and also in, you know, the first few hundred years of the formation of the church, we have women occupying these spaces. Mm-hmm. Sort of probably 300, 400 years into the church is where the church started to get really in- institutionalized, started to mm-hmm. take control, started to really formulate, a, you know, a, a set rigid structure. And so when that happened, we see controls on spiritual gifts and different Mm -hmm. things like that. We see controls on the ministry of the body to each other, and we see it being relegated to, you know, leaders and appointed people. So even things like worship, where the congregation would worship together, has been sort of given to like just set people who are going to lead us in worship and stuff. It's not a communal thing anymore. It's we listen to them you know, right. singing. Mm-hmm. So it, it was a very interesting time in the church. Around that time is where you start to see rules about women not, you know, being in these forms of leadership. Women aren't going to be, you know, preaching the word on a Sunday or, you mm-hmm. know, whenever it is that they're gathering together, that sort of thing. So we start to see that in the history of the church sort of a few hundred years in. 
But then throughout church history, we do see these women of God who do have this sort of grace on them that rise up in church history. And we have the Catholic Church has since recognised some of these women as doctors of the church whose Mm -hmm. teachings uh, can actually benefit the church today who we should, you know, look at and look to. So some Mm -hmm. of those women are people like Teresa of Avila, Catherine of Siena and Hildegard of Bingen. So Hildegard of Bingen is a story that I'd love to share. So she was an amazing woman of God in the monastery. She actually started two monasteries herself. So she's got that, you know, (laughs) breakthrough anointing, apostolic anointing going and starting something from nothing. Uh, She had an incredible ministry. So she would teach the word of God. She would write prolifically her interpretations of the Bible. She was super intelligent. She would sing in tongues, have concerts in (laughs) tongues, and people would come and be ministered to. They would be healed. There was miraculous healings going forth in her ministry. She was just Mm -hmm. this amazing woman of God in the Holy Roman Empire in Germany who was just ministering out of that sort of like apostolic grace that was on her life. And some of the leaders around that region were like, what Mm -hmm. is going on here? Like this kind I'll be right. Like, you know, she must be possessed or there's something wrong with her. So they went to investigate and they had a leader sort of come in to investigate, you know, who is this woman? What's her ministry? She's, you know, writing all this stuff about the Bible. Is it legit? And all this sort of stuff. And they came in, this leadership came in and they recognized like, no, the grace of God is on this. People are being healed. The miraculous is breaking forth. This is legit. So they tried to silence her and there was all these accusations and different things going around. But God actually in his grace and his anointing on her just allowed that to continue. And I think for me, when I look throughout church history and I see people like Teresa of Avila and Catherine of Siena and different people who God has graced, there's another mm-hmm. book that I'll talk about later by Stanley Burgess about all of these strong women and their stories. The, the kingdom still advanced through these women, no matter who tried to silence them, who tried to squash them, God's purpose still prevailed through them, even yes. if they weren't necessarily endorsed or championed by certain people. Yes. They actually had, because of that anointing, on the inside of them. They're like, nah, I'm going to keep going. You know, they would never truly silence. So I think there was an intention to silence, but God's purpose still prevailed. That's so good. I think that's actually one of the signs of the apostolic Mm -hmm. is the harder the press, the more resolute you become in doing what God's called you to do. And I have found, you know, even in recent years, as I've transitioned from worship leader to more having a teaching the word ministry. You know, there's been some beautiful people who are very concerned about my soul who've created Instagram accounts and all kinds of things about their sadness of my roadway to hell since I'm now preaching and and not just worship leading. And every time those things happen, it makes me more resolute. Mm, It's actually something I now go, thank you, Lord, because now... I feel like I'm even firmer in the call to keep breaking this ground. And for every time somebody does that, feels concerned enough to go to all that effort, that's something my Mm. daughter's not going to have to receive. Mm. And that's something of the fullness of Christ that can be represented in the church in the future if we take some of those hits. So I actually think it's a sign of the apostolic when somebody tries to squash something and it still rises to the surface. Wow. Yeah. So, Cherie, this prophetic word talks about daughters walking through great anguish and many battles with the spirit of religion. There's a good word. (laughs) And I know you've actually recently had a huge breakthrough in an area of great battle and anguish Mm. in your health. And so I love that we get to reflect the joyous side of the breakthrough here. 
Would you mind yeah. sharing that testimony with everyone because it aligns with what's been prophesied over the daughters in 2023? Yeah, come on. Yeah, it was one of the big things that jumped out to me um, when I read and heard the, the prophetic word. Interestingly enough, my health deteriorated in about oh, 2008 in a particular area of anaphylaxis to nuts, wheat and sesame. And as a result, had had many moments where it had ended up in hospital, life support, and and needing medication and machinery to keep me alive, basically. Mm-hmm. And many a times, the enemy had tried to attack me in in that. And I'm very good about making sure I didn't eat particular foods. But you know, there were a number of different hospital visitations that ended up taking place. Mm. And funnily enough, it was one of those things that it never it I never had fear about the end result with those things because mm-hmm. I knew that God had a purpose and plan for my life, but it was still hanging over my head yeah. and was a death sentence in some ways when you are struggling to breathe and you're, wow. you know, in the back of an ambulance and, and they're doing all that they can yeah. and uh, you're shunned to hunger and under your <laughs> breath, <laughs> you know, but thank God I, uh, last year I went on a journey in 2022, I went on a journey to really press into God with this area of my own health. I was like, I'm not content to, to live as a woman called to ministry, called with the gift and grace of healing to not have that in my own life. And so I went into a place of prayer and seeking God and responding to altar calls and having my friends throw nuts at me saying, are you ready to try? Are you ready to test it? But I did that and then went on the journey with the medical field and went back to them and was like, hey, listen, I I want to test this. I want to see where we're at. I want to figure out what's going on. Where are the blood levels at? What is it showing? And uh, at the end of last year in 2022, I uh, went back to see the medical professionals at the Alfred Hospital in regards to those allergies and to where things were sitting. And the lady sat across the room from me and just sort of said, listen, if there was an area that you wanted to be exonerated from, where would it be? What would it be? And I was like, no, no, not one. I want all of them. True apostle <laughs> <And> right there. <laughs> I was like, well, we're not settling for one. Mm. And uh, and so she just said to me, look, she said, look, your blood levels have all come back and we're a little bit confused about it. We're still trying to navigate what this means, but pretty much all your results have come back completely negative. Mm. And I was like, okay, all right. So, you know, those three things I listed, nuts, wheat and sesame, along with other areas of allergies from dust mites right through. So everything had changed. I said, look, uh, can you show me that on the screen? And she's like, yep, here's your results. I said, have you got the results that I had from the previous one? Brings them up both side by side. And literally there's complete change. You go from having numbers in the red, which means you've got allergies, to numbers in the blue, which means you don't have allergies anymore. And so, like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'll take a photo of that. Thank you. (laughs) Like, just... Uh, taking it all in and I said look uh, you know and she said you know which one would you like to be exonerated from I was like listen it's all showing there on the blood work I don't I, I want all of them to be exonerated from mm. so she walked out of the room went and had another chat with another specialist and came back and said listen unfortunately due to the nature of your reaction and having to go on life support and all that sort of stuff and be intubated we can't actually exonerate you and let you go but we can bring you back for a process of testing <laughs> And, uh, and so I was like, okay, all right, look, I'm not going to do anything silly. I'm not going to to go out and eat a bag of Nobby's nuts, but, uh, I am going to, you know, I'm going to take this as like, this is everything shifted and changed. 
And uh, and so we're going back on a journey, go back there in six months for more testing and things like that. But pretty much that night, accidentally, unbeknownst to me, out for dinner with a friend, with a couple of friends actually, and I ended up eating some food and tasting it. I was like, wow, that, that tastes really nutty. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, if I'm going to test it, it's going to be a safe environment, be at the hospital, but, you know, like I've got faith, but I've also got a brain. <laughs> I've been down that path before. I'm not about to do it again. And uh, anyway, sitting there, ate this food, realized it was nuts in it, nuts and sesame, sorry, in the actual dish <laughs> of a sauce. And uh, I sat there, but waited to see if there was tingles or if there was any of the standard normal reactions and nothing changed. Wow. And it was almost like God in that moment just said, he was like, you know what? I'm putting my seal on this. Yes. You've done the testing. Now I'm showing you it's done. Yeah. And, uh, and there was no further reaction. I've been enjoying croissants. Yes, I have, have enjoyed things that I have never eaten before. Yes. <laughs> and uh and all the while trying to uh to continue to um just declare faith and healing over others you know just believing that god did it for me he, he could continue to do it for others so yeah so good Sheree. The praise the lord i see you kind of walking out of there like oh i'm not silly i'm not going to eat a bag of nobby's nuts and i just see the lord in the kitchen beside the chef pouring in a bag of nobby's nuts oh yes you are oh yes he did you know yep. what I love about this breakthrough in your life, Sheree, is because you do carry an apostolic anointing, that this has actually broken ground for us to see further healings in this area through your life. So you're even praying for people every week who are now getting healed, right? Which is the yeah, nature of the yep. apostolic. It starts almost like a domino effect. Do you want to mm, share mm. quickly about a couple of those people who've received breakthrough? Yeah, look, we've we've seen a number of people coming forward in our altar calls for prayer, but the response I love is always like, I always say to them at the end of it, come back and tell me yeah. what happened. Yeah. And uh, we recently had a lady who had a tooth in her head that mm. was decaying and was mm. needing a root canal. Yeah. And uh, she came and she was like, I don't want a root canal. I can't afford a root canal. And I'm believing that Jesus can heal me. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I've got faith for that with you and got some oil laid hands on her and just prayed for her and I just said let me know how it goes well she came back a couple of weeks later and was like I'm just coming back to let you know I went back to the dentist and I actually don't need a root canal I've got no more pain it's completely gone Wow. I was like, praise Jesus. That's amazing. Yeah. We had another lady come to the front who had a knee issue and I laid hands on her and as I laid hands on her and began to pray it was almost like I felt it through my hand mm-hmm. something happening in her knee. And I was like, whoa, whoa, hang on a second. And I looked up there and I was like, can you feel that? Like, and I'm like, <laughs> just praying. And then anyway, she ends up doing squats, kneeling, and wow. all of these things at the altar that she wasn't <laughs> able to do before. Incredible. Another woman came forward with dermatitis all over mm-hmm. her hands mm-hmm. and was burning and itching, asked for prayer, and so laid hands on her and began to pray that God would just take away that burning and itching and that the thing would be completely gone and dissipated within 24 to 48 hours. And she came at the end of the end of the service and said, I just need to let you know that the, the itching and the pain has disappeared. And I'm like, amazing. Come on. And she came back the week later to say that the next morning when she woke up, it was completely gone oh, off her Lord. hands. Wow. So, I mean, we're, we're seeing things like this everywhere and there are so many. I mean, that's just a couple. I know. We should do an episode one day where we just tell all the testimonies because it's actually so epic. But I do need to ask the question that every listener 
is really wondering about right now. They won't be able to move on. When you prayed for the woman with the decaying tooth, did you lay hands on the tooth inside the mouth or on the outside? I know everyone's wondering. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. No, I can I can tell you and affirm there was a hand on the cheek of where the tooth was gently. Yeah. Otherwise we yeah. might need a new clause in the Safer Churches handbook. <laughs> Okay, let's redeem this. So this prophetic word speaks of the gaining of traction and clarity in 2023 for apostolic women. He actually uses these words. There are going to be many divine alignments in 2023 where apostolic women not only birth spiritual children, but they will also be deeply loved and championed by secure male leadership in regions and territories. And Sheree and Layla, we both serve on an amazing team where women are completely championed. Sometimes our pastor will say, oh, Stacey, I need you to go and do this or I need you to go and do that. And and I have to say to him, you do remember I'm a woman, right? Is that actually going to be okay with those people? Because he's not even aware sometimes that he just sees a grace on someone's life. He doesn't even see male or female. And we're so grateful for Pastor Corey. But Sheree, when it comes to, and Layla, you can answer this one too, when it comes to women birthing spiritual children in 2023, maybe in one sentence, what do you see for that this year? Mm, good question. I think I see a generation rising that are secure sons and daughters being released across the earth. Mm-hmm. And I see it being filled with a real love and care and nurture of the God dreams, mm-hmm. you know, the God visions, the, the gifts, the calls that God has given to them to see them to be loved and cared and nurtured through those processes and discipled even in spaces. But honestly, see that of a, a rising of sons and daughters. So good. Yeah. What about you, Layla? Well, I don't know if I can add much more to that. I think that was so powerful. But I think the only other thing that I was thinking there is just in setting that example for people to follow as sons and daughters, my desire is to have just a life that is of total surrender and obedience to God and to see those sons and daughters that follow Mm -hmm. um, to be living in complete surrender and total obedience to God no matter what surrounds them. So if God's calling them to do something, if God's calling them to say something, whatever that looks like, I pray that God would give them the confidence Mm -hmm. and the boldness and the total heart of surrender only to please him, to be able to go and do that with mm-hmm. just great confidence and great freedom. So, yeah, that's what I'd love to love to see in birth. Bring it on. I'm actually going to link in the show notes today a prophetic word I released a few weeks ago. I won't go through it here on the podcast, but it came out of an encounter actually at an altar space where I felt like every time I was at the altar I'd look around I was surrounded by women, young women, middle-aged women, older women, just hungry for God at the altars. And as I'm looking around, they were all in various birthing positions. And a vision opened up before me where there was a flashing green light and a sign that said maternity ward. And the Lord began to speak to me about altar spaces becoming maternity wards this year. And that the spiritual mothers, apostolic mothers, would become like doulas or become like midwives who would come alongside other women, whether that's younger or older, and actually help them birth things into all seven mountains of society. And I think that there's a redemption happening of women in leadership. And I had 
privilege of sitting in a um a government function yesterday where for the first time in the history of our nation in our state right now we have more women in the upper house than men that's the first time in our history so i am seeing this rising of women in all seven mountains of society and what a privilege to come alongside them and birth that So I know each of us has probably been affected by theological beliefs that differ from ours about whether or not women should be preaching the word or leading in church. But I I just actually want us to put that aside for a second. And I want to invite each of you to share from the heart on this question. Layla, why are you in ministry and why do you preach the gospel? (laughs) So good. (laughs) The simplest answer to that that I can give you is because God has called me to do it. That is like fundamentally the reason why I do everything that I do because I have this deep conviction that God has called me, that this is simply what God requires of me and what is required to be obedient to him in my life. If he had called me to be a teacher or a doctor or whatever, I would be doing that in obedience to him as well. So I think it's very important, like when we are championing people to be in leadership and pastoral roles and stuff, this is not something that you choose for yourself. This is something that God calls you to. And so when we say anyone can do it, we say we mean like anyone who God's calling to do Mm -hmm. um, should do it. And so if God's calling you to be a doctor or if God's calling you to be a teacher or something, do that. But for me, it's just genuinely because from a young age, I've had this deep conviction that this is what God's calling me to do. And I have to be obedient to his call and his leading in my life. So good, Layla. Cherie, for you, why are you in ministry and why do you preach the gospel? Yeah. You know, for me, I think the answer is the same as Layla, mm-hmm. but for me it started at the age of five. I had an incredible God encounter and a dream where God revealed his love for people mm-hmm. but also his love for me. And he called me at the age of five and mm-hmm. I couldn't run away from it. Mm-hmm. I said before, I've been in ministry for two decades. I have had plenty of opportunities in come across my path or moments where there's been quiet times and it's like, well, I could go do this and I could go do that and I could go do this, but I know I can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's mm-hmm. there's nothing else that mm-hmm. I actually can do like I could run from the call (laughs) but I'd be dissatisfied in every single way or shape but that encounter for me at the age of five left me marked I mean I didn't know that Jesus came lived died and rose again and is coming back again but I knew that he wanted people to know him and to know that he loved them And so I have not been able to shut up since. At the age of five, it mm-hmm. just became, do you know Jesus? Mm-hmm. You need to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. He loves you. Yeah. And and so, you know, obviously you grow in that and, and you learn as you go. But for me, and even crazy enough, even in school when they do like those career conversations and, <laughs> you know, what are you going to do with your life and where do you see yourself heading? <laughs> I didn't have any answers. <laughs> I didn't have anything to offer anyone because I all I knew is this is the only thing that matters. Mm. You know, at, at 16, they're like, you should be focusing on your careers and your subjects and your and I'm mm. like, you don't understand. This is all gonna pass. Mm-hmm. Nothing else matters mm-hmm. but people knowing this good news of the gospel. So mm-hmm. that's why I preach. Yeah, I love that. They're such good answers. And you know, the Lord is so loving and he's so kind and he gives good gifts to his children. What kind of God would give a five-year-old little girl 
a dream to preach the gospel, to tell everybody how much Jesus loved them and that be a thing that then she can't walk in according to yeah. his heart. That's just not the kind <laughs> yeah. of father we have. And wow. that's right. yeah. I remember recently having a conversation with a very learned theological doctor about this and he said, you know, at the end of the day, would God gift you, grace you and call you to do something that he then didn't permit you to do according to his scriptures? He's like, God's not confused and God's not mixed up. And he's like, you are clearly graced to preach the gospel. And the God I know doesn't grace people to do something that he then doesn't allow them to do. So Layla, what will you say to the woman who feels called to do what we are doing? But perhaps is part of an environment that we want to be honouring of that theological beliefs don't allow her to do what she feels called to do. What would you say to her? I would say firstly, follow your convictions. So I would never encourage someone to go against their convictions. If God's convicted you that you can't do a certain thing or that you can or whatever, go with that. Go with mm-hmm. God. Go with your understanding of mm-hmm. the Bible. If you're in that sort of environment, I would just encourage you to do what Stacey said earlier and study the words, study yes. these different positions on this, get a clear okay. idea and a clear conviction in your heart that's actually theologically based, it's biblically based, it's got that strong foundation so you can be resolute in what you believe and why mm-hmm. you believe it. Mm-hmm. I think obviously you've got that grace and that calling from God, that desire to be obedient to him as well. And so I would say just pray, pray into it, pray for the next steps, pray for God to open doors, pray for God to bring you know alignments into your life, divine connections into your life. When I look at these different women throughout history that I mentioned before, Teresa of Avila mm-hmm. and Hildegard of Bingen and Catherine of Siena and all these ladies, they were in environments yep. that didn't really release women, didn't give women the, yeah. the opportunity to do the things that they were doing, but yet somehow God made a way. Yes. And so I think God will make a way for you as well where there seems to be no way. But in some scenarios and settings, that might be realigning yourself with a different denomination and stuff like that. But as I say that, I say that with great caution because I don't think that we should have this uprising of women being like, you know, power to the women, we need a feminist church and all that sort of stuff. No, I I think it needs to be very God-led, very spirit-led and the way that you do that is through the, the word and through deep prayer and just being obedient to the next steps that God reveals to you through prayer and getting mentors around you who who you trust, who are biblically sound, who can speak into that as well. So wise. You know, I think that sometimes we shy away from this conversation as women because we don't want to be seen as, oh, we all want to burn our bras and preach from <laughs> yeah. the pulpit because we don't. We want to yeah. work alongside men yeah, and women. Absolutely. We want to work together. We believe that that's God's heart for his church. And so it is an important conversation to have. Um, I'm just praying there's no misunderstanding in anything that we said today. Cherie, could you talk for a moment to the woman who feels called to do what we're doing, but is not in an environment where she has freedom to do so? Yeah, look, I think I piggyback off some of that which Layla has shared in respect to, you know, some of the practical things that they can do. I feel like. You just said it earlier, Stace, you know, God doesn't yep. put a dream in somebody's heart yep. without giving them a space to fill that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my thing is I, I'll, I'll go back to God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go back to the Lord. Go mm-hmm. back to the prayer place. Mm-hmm. Go back to the place and asking God, what do you, what do you say? Mm-hmm. 
what do you what do you say? What does your word say about this? Mm-hmm. And Holy Spirit, you are my director, my mm-hmm. guide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which way am I meant to go? Good. What am I meant to do in this space? How can I do this from a place of honor? How can I not just, you know, mm-hmm. see you later? You didn't give me my opportunity. Good. But how do I honor yes. someone who has a different view and opinion of what the Bible yes. says, or maybe their even their upbringing? How do we mm. how do we come to a a point of conversation where we can talk about this? Mm. What can I engage with the Holy Spirit and what He wants to do potentially, even in someone else through this process? Yes, because sometimes it's not just about the end product or the, right. the place in which you're called to it's the process yep. for somebody else mm-hmm. and I think that's really really important that we always remember that this is God's agenda it is not about yes. our goal or our that's outcomes right. mm-hmm. and so okay what is the Holy Spirit leading and guiding us to want to 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 engage with him in in this process amazing mm. you guys are so wise I'm so grateful to have you in my world and I do just want to wrap this up by saying I do encourage the women who are listening today and the men to educate yourself on this, to go and read about complementarianism and egalitarianism. Go and read about them. Go and study the scriptures. Go and read the books that Layla's recommended because I found myself in the position where people were talking to me about their theological beliefs and then behind the scenes I'm going and calling dad or calling Corey and being like, what do we believe about this? And the Lord was like, hang on a second. Here you are trying to pave a way for people to come behind you. You don't even know the way you're paving. And so I've had to really go on the journey of doing the reading and educating myself, reading the scriptures, searching the scriptures for myself, and then putting that before the Lord and saying, so now you guide me and you lead me and understanding that I can actually walk alongside in unity and love in the same body I can walk alongside people who think differently than me and I can love them and honour them and respect them. And so that's our heart for the podcast today. And so I would love it if the last thing we do today is perhaps if the two of you could offer a brief prayer for our listeners. Do you want me to go first? (laughs) You do it, Layla. Go (laughs) first. Kick us off. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Lord, we thank you for Stacey and this incredible podcast, Lord. Mm. I thank you for her heart to just raise and release women into the God-given calling that's on their lives, Lord God. We thank Mm. you for this conversation that we've had. I pray, Lord, that everyone would catch our heart, that we're not out to just, you know, turn over, you know, structures and different things like that in the church. Mm. We're not out to burn our bras, like Stacey said, but we are just here to get on on your page, Lord God, and to be obedient to you and to help everyone to fulfill the calling that's on their lives and to actually accomplish what you have called us to accomplish, your mission here on the earth and advancing your kingdom, Lord. Mm -hmm. It's all about you. It's all about your calling. It's all about your mission, Lord. And so we humbly surrender to that. We just pray right now for any woman who is listening to this or any man who's listening to this, who's been struggling with this conversation, with this theology. God, I pray that you would lead them. You would guide them. You would help them in their study. God, you would open their eyes to see rightly, not to see our ways or what we think or our opinions, but God, to know what your heart is on this matter and how that practically 
exactly works out in their context and in their life, Lord God, and what they're to do with it. And so, God, I just pray for wisdom. I pray for your empowering. I pray for every single one just to catch your heart for this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Yeah, Lord, and we just thank you so much that that which you call, you make space for. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord. God, you saw fit to even call us to Mm -hmm. a space in this time, in Mm -hmm. 2023, that there are people that you are raising up for such a time as this. Lord, that's not a cliche statement. Mm -hmm. That is your appointed time. And so, God, I ask, Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit, as, the, as, as people engage with this podcast, that you would open their eyes to see, yes, you Lord. would open their ears to hear, mm-hmm. and that, God, people would engage in, in, in pursuing you mm-hmm. and what you say about this. Yes, Holy Spirit, may this be a conversation that provokes investigation. May it be a conversation that not only provokes investigation, but may it be something that, that brings people to a place in which they open up new ways and means for people to step into gifts and graces and calls. Lord, we thank you for sons and daughters that you are raising. God, give your apostolic people, God, wisdom Mm. to be able to raise and release that next generation of women. Yes, Lord. We thank you for it, Jesus. So, God, we just pray you'd grace every woman across all seven mountains who is breaking ground for your kingdom today in the halls of power and government, in the education sphere, at home with her children, discipling the most important lives she'll ever disciple, for women in the church, for women in science and medicine, in all of the spaces, including business. God, we pray that you would give them wisdom. I thank you they have the mind of Christ. Father, I thank you that in your kingdom there is no glass ceiling. And so we choose not to cower down underneath it, but we choose to stand up into the fullness of who you say we are, not a assuming we are more and also not assuming we are less. Yes. So we fix our eyes on you and we know that we will become what we behold. And so we Mm. choose to be Christ-like. Our goal is to be like Jesus. I pray you would be glorified in this discussion today and glorified through our lives in Jesus name. Amen. Layla and Tree, I love you. I'm so grateful for you. And we are going to link all your books, your podcasts, your brilliant apostolic things you're breaking ground everywhere <laughs> so get ready for the links everyone so good thank you so much Stace. you're incredible oh love you so much thank you so much it's powerful we're also going to pop some of the recommended links in the show notes today as well so you can read up on this more and let us know what you think but so grateful that you've listened today and know that we are praying for you the listeners it's such a pleasure to have you with us and i'll see you or you will hear me next week on another episode of the prophetic collective mm-hmm.